There is hope for us yet. I am Laura McCowan. And I am Holly Whitaker. And this is Home Podcast. (laughs) Hi again. (laughs) What did you just say to me? Can you repeat that? Hey, Holly. Remember that time when we recorded an entire episode and you forgot to hit the fucking record button? I remember it because it was um, just Just 10 minutes ago. Oh, I think, yeah, I think we've committed like nine out of the 10, like foibles of podcasting already. So hopefully, you know, we've got it all out of our system. We've got it out of our system. Oh God. So we'll, we'll kind of cruise past the intro, but just want to say, okay, you're in. No, the the intro is so good. I love the intro part. It's just fun. I, so, so Laura, you just uh, got back from a day in Maine. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, no, I got back from a, I took this last week off. I went to Colorado for, um, most of the time and then got back and went up to Portland, Maine, and I ate amazing food. They take their, their food and their coffee very seriously up in Portland. Um, it was amazing. Brown butter lobster rolls at oh. Eventide and these insane pastries. I had um, black sesame and banana bread that blew my mind. And yeah, everything, I wrote a bunch. It was great. Um, so now I'm back back home and my daughter comes back to me this evening and school starts this week and things are kind of like the rest of the, you know, feels um, I'm very much still on that school. I'm still on the school calendar now, especially now that yeah. I have a kid. It's like the, the world is returning to normalcy after this week, which is sad, but it, it's also, I kind of love this time of year. Yeah. Um, well, especially you. where you live, where you live, it's I know, and it's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. And you're Boston in Park. Rome for your past, your last day in Rome, right? Yeah, I'm here for my. It's my last day here. Uh, tomorrow, I head to um, to a very small um, seaside town that's just off the coast, um, just outside of Naples. Um, close to Amalfi and Positano and um, for just uh, seven days of complete disconnect and reading and um, eating and getting more getting a tan that doesn't just I have a terrible farmer's tan right now I've got a con like the, it starts where my converse end and um, ends where my shorts begin and so <laughs> yeah you have like you have like a tourist tan I have a tourist tan um so I'm looking forward to getting rid of some tan lines but um but yeah yeah I'll come back to Rome for one nice last day and then back to the states and real life and I usually by this time I am very ready to come back but this time here it actually just feels so it just feels so um I don't even know the words. I don't want, I just don't want it to end. I mean, I could never go back to my real life and be, um, and be happy about it. So I don't miss it. I don't miss the States this time, which is funny. Yeah. How's, how many, is this the third year you've gone there? Yeah, this is the third year that I've been here and, um, the third of many to come. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And next time I'll be going with you. Yes, you um, will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so you're in Rome. I'm in Boston. It's early morning here. It's midday there. Here, yeah. And we are going to, what are we doing today? Yeah, we're going to um, answer a couple of letters. You and I both have a column in our own respective blogs. Yours is Ask I Fly and mine is Dear Hip Sobriety. And we decided to bring some of those letters onto the show. So instead of just answering them in written form, we actually get to discuss some of the more um, juicy, not juicy, but some of the more um interesting and complex and, and deep ones. Um, and, and yeah, also, well, and answer yeah. them together. Like we thought it would be because we have different perspectives and we get, you know, sometimes letter the letters, like we both take a lot of time with our responses and we can't get through them all. So we thought yeah. it would be awesome to, to talk about them on the show and do it more kind of a live, live jam. Yeah. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited to answer this first one. And for the second time, since we just answered this and are now re-recording it. Um, so So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and read this letter, and then I am going to take a shot at answering it. So the letter comes from not where I want to be, but I'm getting there. That's a pseudonym they've used. So the letter reads this. Hi, I recently quit alcohol, pot, cigarettes, and I'm excited for what the future holds. I've had a few problems arise in the wake of this. One is an overbearing stepfather who still labels himself an addict, though he's been clean and sober for years now. He believes his way to get sober is the only way to go about things, which is a 90-day stint in a halfway home plus daily ritual of NA meetings, which personally make me quite uneasy. He has always ruled our house with an iron fist. So my question is, how do I go about dealing with his negativity and his lack of faith in me, which is quite evident? So... So, yeah, it's such a good one. Okay. So you, my love, you answer. Yeah. I, I read this and, um, I just felt like I was hit over the head with so many different things that I wanted to go into. I feel like it's, you know, it's a small, short letter with lots of, lots of big stuff in it. And it really hit home with me, uh, because of, because of my own path and my own experience. And, you know, I didn't have a traditional, and I, I say traditional in the sense of I, I didn't, you know, work a 12-step program or, or I really didn't use, um, I mean, I, I definitely attended AA meetings, but I didn't really work AA. And I, and I had a very, I had a very different path and a very, and I was, I was very, um, and a lot of different opinions from, from very early on. And I, you know, I read a book. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I stopped for a period of time and then, and then I started drinking again. And, and then the second time that I, I quit drinking, um, well, I did use AA, I was, you know, I was, I was pretty solid in, in, in really, in really my own path and doing it my way, which, which brought a fair amount of, um, insecurity and not, you know, I say this, not just, um, I say this in a couple different ways. Like one is the insecurity that just came from, from being afraid that I was, that I was missing something and being afraid that I had given into my own ego. And I've written about this extensively on my site and, and in my encounters in AA. And, um, there was just, a, a this, um, I guess whenever I was asked if I had worked the 12 steps or if I, you know, if I had worked the program or if I went to, you know, whenever I was asked about my path and 
um, I always felt in a deep inadequacy saying that I hadn't worked the 12 steps. Like I was kidding myself and yeah. like I was just one step away from drinking again if I, you know, and, uh, and I say this because that was my own vulnerability about it and my vulnerability, my own insecurity about it. Cause it was what I, it was what I was afraid of. I was afraid right. of that. I was. Right. I, and on the other hand, it also came from people being judgmental of my path. So there was a perceived judgment from my own insecurity around doing it my own way. I just was, I mean, my prayer was, please, let, please let me just let this be like that. This isn't about my ego. Please like make sure that I'm not missing something here. Cause I, yeah. there was a point in time and, and I've written about this in particular because I, I had a group of friends over at my house and all of them. And it was like the, it, I'd just been hit over the head with so many like yoga instructors that asked me that, you know, like, um, did you work the 12 steps? And it just started to become this very big secret shame that I had missed it. And maybe I should. And some, one of my friends who I respected said, you really should give it a second look and another one, you know, so I, um, coming to really be secure in my path and that it wasn't just my ego kidding me, you know, and that, um, being secure and in, in understanding that I had done what was right for me and trusting myself along the way was yeah. a very, very long process. It, I had, I knew what I was doing. I knew my path, but at the same time, I didn't want to get into a debate about it because yeah. I didn't feel it was defensible yet. And, uh, cause I wasn't fully on board, you know? So I get it. I get it. I get where she's coming from and it kind of makes my stomach lurch because that's, I, I, I do believe it's, you know, and it, I just, I do believe it's such a theme in addiction. And so I came up with four, four points I want to go over for, to answer this. Four different lessons that I drew upon. So the first is this. And, and I assume for some reason, I assume this is a woman. I don't know, maybe a man. It doesn't really matter, but I'm just assuming. Yeah. So if I say her, forgive me. So the first is the world will always offer perspective on something. And it's your job to choose which perspective you're going to take. And that goes with anything. It goes with anything that we do. Mm -hmm. We're always getting feedback from the world, you know, good job. Great. That's right. Or bad job, or you're doing it wrong. You know, we are constantly getting feedback from the world and no more do we like there's in the addiction arena specifically, there is so much more of this perspective sharing. Mm -hmm. And there was this great quote by the guy that did, uh, God, what's this? The guy that actually is doing Unite to Face Addiction, um, who says that we, you know, we so often we circle our wagons and then we turn around and we shoot inward at each other. And, and the addiction space uh. is just, it's so true because, and, and I don't want to get into why this exists. I have my theories on it, but it's just in so many cases, there is a deep amount of um, if somebody does something different than us, it somehow threatens the way that we got sober. Yeah. And there's so there's this this high there's if you you know just you don't need to take my word for it, just go on to thefix.com and go look in the comments section and you'll see it. Yeah. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. And so there is there's so much perspective sharing, and I'm saying that kindly. Um, yeah. there's just a, there's a shit ton of judgment in this space of whose way is right and whose way is wrong. And so I think that's part of the test, you know, for me coming into my own skin and coming into, you know, and really living, you know, part of, part of the fact that, you know, what saved me and not drinking is that I, I've learned to listen to that inner voice that led yeah. me in the right way. 
and that still leads me in the right way. And so I say to the first thing I say to this reader is you're going to get this no matter where you go, your stepdad or anybody, you're going to get perspective sharing on what you did. And it's up to you to be so secure in your own, in your own gut. Right. And that doesn't mean, you know, ego. I mean, that means, you know, you, you take, you take what you, what you run into, you come empty and then you really trust yourself to find the best way for you, but you're going to get this. And part of the path is trusting yourself. Part of the path is, is having such a deep level of, of knowing who you are and what you're made of. That it doesn't matter if people say you're doing it the wrong way. And that's how it is today. And I still go, I still get like when I, you know, and somebody, it's not so much about how I got sober, but it's, it's more of if somebody um, says something stupid in a blog on one of my, I'm not stupid, but if somebody says something that cuts um, and like threatens my perspective or threatens what, what my, the conclusions I've come to, um, I'll fall right into that feedback trap and freak out. I mean, totally. that was so clear when that, when I posted that thing on XO Jane, I mean, I just was consumed uh-huh. by it, you know, people will attack you and, and your way. And it's up to you to really get a gut and to trust that no matter what people say to you and that's good or bad, that is like, you know, like to, to, to let that con- kind of come through you and come right out of you and stick to what's true for you. So yep. the first is just, you know, this is you building your gut. The second is, comes from A Course in Miracles, which is that every relationship is an assignment. And this, this stepfather situation, we, all the relationships that we come into encounter, that we, we encounter in our lives, and especially these charged ones where this person just gets us. Um, and really rattles yeah. us and really gets under our skin and really is a terror in our lives are, I mean, the less the people that I've learned from the most and, and the places where I've, I've grown the most are not in the relationships that are easy. They're in the relationships that, you know, make me want to stab somebody's eyes out with a fork. And so <laughs> like, this is a, this, this relationship is an assignment. It's there for you to use as a learning device for you on your own path and your own journey. Mm-hmm to see what you need to see that it's, it's a mirror back to you of many things, but it also is, it's, it's, it's a challenge, right? And you can either complain about the challenge and freak out about the challenge and reject the challenge. Or you can step up to the challenge and learn how to work with it. You know, yep. so that's, that's the second. The third is, and this is one of my favorite parts. The thing that I got when I read this is not only this, you know, this sense of, of, of feeling vulnerable about one's own path, but also, there was judgment thrown right back at this man, right? There's an, you know, there's, there's a reader that's talking about, she's talking about not wanting to be judged and talking about, you know, he's, his negativity and his lack of faith in her, which is quite evident. Well, that's turned right back around on him. And there's another core, there's another principle that comes from a course of miracles, which is giving it is how you keep it. Right. So if we're running around and judging people, well, guess what? we're, we're basically accepting that judgment is okay. When we judge other people, we're putting something out there that we should expect to receive back, right? If I'm, if I'm judging, you know, someone else on their own path, um, then I am opening myself to be judged on my own and it's perpetuating it, right? Giving it is how you keep it. And so, and this is not to say that it's just easy and you, you know, like, oh, like some light bulb goes off and all of a sudden you're able to run around and totally, you know, be okay with everyone else's decisions. I mean, judgment is there. It's hard because we judge ourselves so harshly. And 
I think for me, this has been such a big one because I really came into this. I wanted everyone to respect my path, but I didn't respect their paths. Mm-hmm. I thought people were idiots, you know? And I was just like, it has taken a long time for me to be able to embrace that each and every single human being has their own um, their own path and their own journey. And that does not mean that I am free of judgment from it. I, adju- I it's, you know, it, it hits me all of the time, but it is to say that it is one of the best things that I practice, which is compassion for where everyone is at. And also just complete allowing of other people to have their own way, uh, without it, without it costing me anything. And right. Without it threatening you, without it threatening me, without it mm-hmm. threatening me. And that's, and that's hard, but I'll tell you what, like being able to have, you know, if, if, if this, if this reader is able to show her father, compassion, stepfather, compassion, and was able to say, I get it. That worked for him. And that helped him. Um, then she would be allowing herself that same judgment. I get it. This is what yeah. works for me. Right. Uh, whereas saying, you know, invalidating him just means that he gets to invalidate you and you get to invalidate you. So right. giving it is how you keep it is a big one, right? In anything, in anything, you know, what we mm-hmm. give away is what we keep, you know? Um, and then the last is, uh, one that I want to, uh, the last one is, is something that it's, it's kind of similar to the every relationship and assignment, but, um, not exactly. And it comes from, I've been, I've been marching through the streets and reading or listening to Eckhart Tolle. And I posted this the other day and it just essentially is, it says it's from a new earth, Eckhart Tolle, life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. How do you know this is the experience you need? Because this is the experience you're having at this moment. And I can say this with all certainty, like the, um, you know, Laura and I were talking before we started this and I was talking about how I've been cycling almost on a minute by minute basis through the same lesson since I, since I stepped foot in Rome, like every day it's insane. Um, And I just, and I think I even text, I mean, I think I even was texting you. I did. I texted you. How, how is this happening? Why? Like fucking make it stop. I get it. But it's like the lesson is being served up and served up and served up. And like, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? Like you, you can yeah. say that it's crazy how much it's coming at me, which means that it's what I need to learn right now. Right. Yep. And so I can either freak out, which I have been, I mean, let's just be honest. I've been freaking the fuck out, but I also been, you know, pulling myself up and saying, okay, this mm-hmm. is I, like, what do I need to learn from this? What do I need to learn from this? What do I need to learn from this? And in all these times, it's not the first time that a big lesson has come up. It's one of many, many times, but in all of these, when, when we get very still, right. And we kind of let the feelings move through us and we actually observe what is going on and what is this trying to teach us? And where is it that I need to, to grow? These are the great, these are the points where we, we push past our limitations and yeah. we push past and we learn what we need to learn. Right. So right now I need to learn something and it's very clear. It's super clear. And I haven't been pushed in this way with this particular lesson really since, you know, really ever, not at this degree. And so for you reader, this is, this is the exact same thing, which is, this is happening at, because this is the lesson you need to learn right now, right now in this minute. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you can go into it and learn from it and use it to your advantage to grow and to, to, you know, to really move or 
you know, you can freak out about it and want a different stepdad, you know, or move out of your house or, you know, and, and you should do what you need to do for yourself. I mean, if you need to get away from this, it does like, you know, if you need to move away from the situation, that's also perfectly acceptable, but do understand that this is presenting, um, for you, just yes. for you. Yes. Just for you. So I that's, love that. Yeah. That's, that's what I've got to say. I love it. And I love, I love everything that you said about that. I mean, I am kind of glad that we're doing this over again because I'm finally, it's like I'm metabolizing the the question, even though I've read it a bunch of times and your answer, like, I don't know that I would, I, I don't, I wouldn't say anything different. I, I have a few things to add. Um, and this is where our experience, our difference in experience, you know, of getting sober really comes out. Um, a couple things that I assumed, I, I assumed that from reading the, the letter that this person is, what's the pseudonym again that they use? Oh, it is not, not where, where I want to be. be, but I'm getting there. Yeah. I, I didn't even talk about that, which is all. Yeah. Anyway. Not where I want to be, <laughs> but I'm getting there. I assumed that two things that it sounds like this person is living at home with this, with their stepdad. I don't know if that's true or if it's just a big part of her life. The other pieces, I do assume it's a her also. Um, not that that matters so much, yeah, but it, it does in the way I think about it. Okay. So a couple things. I, what I took from this letter initially um, was, okay, to, when someone says, and this is my projection clearly, but when someone says, I quit alcohol, pot, and cigarettes. I'm excited about the future. That sounds like they weren't, you know, we, we know from, especially from reading like integral recovery, that people are on different spectrums in the addiction, in addiction, right? There are many, many gray areas until it gets to acute addiction where basically someone's brain is hijacked and they, they can't make the right decisions. I could not have said, I'm going to stop today. And it would have stuck. I mean, I tried to do that and I tried to do it my own way and I wasn't there. I was really far along. And that's not, that has nothing to do with the degree of pain that this person experienced because of their addiction. It just is where, you know, it's how far along you are in, there are different, you know, different levels. It's a progressive thing. I, um, I think I'm guessing (laughs) that if this this person's stepdad went to a 90 day in treatment, you know, inpatient treatment program and that they're going to NA every day, that they probably were very far along in the, in addiction. And it was probably very acute. Um, again, these are assumptions, but they're all based on my own experience and, you know, hearing the experience of others that I know in, in this path. So, their stepdad is, you know, what they have, the, I will, the only thing I will say about why I think, you know, one of the primary reasons I think people are so polarized, or can be so polarized about this issue is because it incites a lot of fear. I mean, when, and I felt this way, certainly more towards the beginning about when something is, has so much to do with your own safety and it's attacked one it makes you feel unsafe and two it's like the fact that you could be wrong about it is scary because you're afraid you're gonna you're gonna drink or use again 
And if my way is wrong, you know, that eventually this is going to fail. So I get the, the dogma about it. The, the stepdad ruling with an iron fist, I mean, that speaks to me like the way that goes directly to what you were saying about this is a lesson. This is much bigger than, you know, how you're going to get sober. This is a lesson of, you know, individuating yourself from someone who has been a big force in your life of standing on your own ground, of learning who you are, of trusting your own beliefs and building up confidence. So that leads me to another point. You know, when I went to get sober, I was like Stephen King said in On Writing, I was not in shouting distance of my right mind. I, I needed other, I, I was at zero confidence, zero self-esteem. I didn't trust myself. I kept fucking doing the thing that I didn't want to be doing anymore. And my best ideas, they have a saying in the rooms, your best ideas got you here. So how about letting, you know, give up your, your ideas for a while and let others carry you and, you know, keep it very simple and, because what my mind would do is find every loophole, every fire door, and every way that I could possibly justify my behavior. And that kept me drinking for a long time, right? So part of what the 12 steps offers is just a framework for how to just get sober and stay sober. And then to you know, be at peace with that and be at peace with the underlying causes and conditions of why you were doing it in the first place. So I feel like there are, there are a few phases to, you know, once I was able to put together some sober time and once, um, either the reader has, you know, put together a bit of sober time. So they're feeling, you know, confident in the fact that they can stay sober, but now they're questioning, you know, if they're doing it right, kind of like you, you were. Once I was able to put some time underneath me, I, I, there was space in which to question and really, you know, suss out my own beliefs and my own, um, to, to get some sort of grasp on how I felt about the matter and, um, to dig into the sort of nuances of what I was learning in the steps and to individuate. But, I, I couldn't have done that on my own. Um, so I, I guess I'm saying this to offer some perspective as to why the stepfather might, you know, might feel this strongly about it. That said, I agree with hundred percent with every single thing that you said that what you, what you, um, you have to give it away in order to keep it. You have, you know, every relationship is an assignment. Um, and, that the experience you're having now is the experience you need to be having. When, when you were talking, I'm thinking these are, these are things that I wouldn't have been able to take in in early sobriety. It's like you're speaking to a more, a person that's further along the spectrum and um, in a more healthy place and they're perfectly true. But I think, you know, I'm guessing if you can't throw that stuff at someone who is in acute addiction, it means nothing it wouldn't mean anything to me and it wouldn't mean a lot. Like you can walk into like last night I was at a meeting and you know, there was somebody who was speaking who had been in jail and on, you know, a recluse from their family for eight years and, you know, was near death throwing those types of, of concepts at someone who really just needs to maintain some physical sobriety 
it doesn't mean anything until you're at a place where you can receive those messages. So, so I'll loop back around now and say that I think the, the number one thing that I would say to this reader is it sounds like you're in a place where you feel really good about your ability to be sober and that you're questioning whether your path is valid. Your path is totally valid. Whatever it is, you don't have to, you know, the, it's, it's rubbing her that her stepfather calls himself an addict, you know, to this day. Well, he needs to, you know, he needs to do that. It doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel like a prison to him, I'm guessing. You know, I call myself, I do the same. And it's not so that I um, can rehash my trauma every day and so I can stay stuck. It actually is a grounding place because if I remember that I start from there and that the number one most important thing is to me, for me to be sober before anything else, that's where I start from. And, and that's how I'm able to move forward. So her stepfather is able to move forward and live through life live his life and be sober for however many years because of that. She doesn't have to do that. You know, she can, she can do whatever she wants and she can, um, it, she can grow on her own path. Um, and it's perfectly valid. And I think absolutely there are more lessons here than just how to get sober. You know, she's the fact that she says he's always ruled our house with an iron fist. You know, there's, I, I can empathize and, <laughs> and I, you know, I just spent a, uh, a week at home with my father and at home, meaning, you know, in Colorado, in his home, I was staying there. And, you know, I, we immediately assimilate into these roles that we've played our whole life. And um, that's what families do. And I started to get resentful, you know, about the way that he is. And it's, it's, those are, those are very different lessons than, um, you know, what my sobriety path looks like. Uh, but they're not, it's all intertwined. So I, I think I'll end there. I mean, I, I love everything you said. Um, I just, you know, my, from my lens, that's, that's the way it looks. And those are the things that, that I would add to it. Um, um, all great points. And there's so, I mean, God, there's so much I want to say to everything that you just said. Um, I want to, well, yeah, we have some time, so let's do it. Well, I think the first thing I want to say is I, I do when the first thing that kind of, um, hits my gut a little bit, which is, you don't know that this woman just said, I'm going to stop today and that it was easy for her. And, and also that she has done this on her own. Those are two really big assumptions. And mm -hmm. I have to say there is, um, I don't know if you said it this time or in the time that we didn't record it, but there was this, this um, allusion to that, um, that um, I mean, this is kind of one of the sticking points, was that I, I, would, that I personally was in an acute addiction. Um, and that because of that, I was, you know, I was able to do it without AA, but had I been in acute addiction, I would have had to have done it with AA or the 12 steps. And, um, and I just don't agree with that. Right. I just don't, I mean, you and I, where we were, where we, I think where we were with what, like what we wanted was, was different, but you know, I mean, there wasn't much difference between the depths of where, I mean, there was, 
there was a, like, I wouldn't say that I had, I, I, and I do have to point out one of the best ways to like really investigate this. And, and one of the best ways I've seen this explained is through John Dupuy's Integral Recovery. It's a great mm-hmm. book and it talks about how we devolve um, in addiction and how, mm-hmm. and how we, you know, we basically um, infantilize ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there is a point of, of, of not being able to reach, um, not being able to reach people. People go off the deep end and we know this, we know this very well. Um, so, I mean, obviously I, I'm not, I'm not denying that, but there just does come like, it sometimes just hits a little bit that, that there is this allusion to the fact that my path was, was easier. And the only reason I could do it without AA and 12 steps is because I wasn't in acute addiction. And I just don't, I mean, that's just not true. That's just yeah. not true. I, I was, I mean, I was drinking myself to sleep every night. I was certain that I was going to end up on the streets. I was hiding, you know, airline shots in my purse, um, you know, and I was working drunk. I mean, there's just yeah. like, to me, that's just not like, it wasn't just like a party for me. And I just, no, just and, you know. Yeah. And so, it's totally, I get it. It's not what I, and I'll let you finish. I, it's not, that's not at all. I know that the lot, I was trying to, to state that, but it's, it's not that, like I was saying, I, I did say it's not that it, it it is an indication of how much pain, like, you know, I was in more pain than you or you were in more pain than I was. I don't think that it's that. I think there, for some reason, you were able to have enough clarity in the, in that place you were in to gather whatever it was within yourself, whether you got it from, and you got it from other places too, right? You read a shitload of books. You, well, I got it from, I mean, there's, you know, without going too much of my story, but there, but I do have to point out, you have, you have said before, there are people, I mean, you've, you've talked about this. There are people that were in the depths of addiction that just stopped that just, that did. I mean, this is not to say that this is like the, the standard, yeah. but there are people that are in deep despair that are able to turn it around yeah, um, and yeah. do it very quickly. And I, and I don't want to go, I mean, I just don't want to go down that path because this isn't really what this letter is about at all. Um, but I just had to, I did have to pull that back in that it wasn't like I had the, you know, I had the diet Coke version of, of, you know, of, of addiction. I mean, my, my addiction was, I, I counted as being pretty pretty severe. Maybe not as, maybe not as off the deep end as, you know, as, as some cases and and definitely, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't lost everything, but I don't think that I, I don't think that I just was abusing alcohol. I think I was addicted to alcohol and yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, but I, I just want, let me finish this one. I just don't think that it comes down to if it's more severe than AA and 12 steps, and that's the distinction I want to no. make is that it's just not, that doesn't like AA and 12 steps is not the only solution. It's just not. Of course it's um, not. And I don't think I was saying that. I think what I'm saying is for some people, me, for me, not some yeah. people, for me, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it myself, whether I went to AA or something else, I could not gather because I tried and I wanted to do it myself. And really the reasons I wanted to do, do it myself is because I couldn't tell the truth to other people. I couldn't, you know, I was afraid of, I was ashamed, like totally ashamed. So I needed, I almost needed someone to tell me what the fuck to do. And I think that 
I don't, it has nothing to do. I mean, of course it's not the only way. And if you get past a certain level, you know, you're fucked up enough for AA. I don't think that I, they're all, they're all variances of stories in AA too. I think just for me and my experience, I needed something else that was not me. And if I could have done it myself, I would have, because I wouldn't have wanted to go through you know, I, I wouldn't have wanted to go through like doing the rigor of going to meetings and all that. I just wouldn't have wanted to. And I think, um, the other piece I want to add to this reader is to say, find your own tribe. I do think you didn't do it alone either. As much as you did, you didn't, you know, you, and she hasn't said that though, but I have to be clear. She's never said in this that she's done, that she's doing this on her own. Right. She's just saying that she's not, she's not doing it the same way that her stepfather did it. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have, like, she may have her tribe. I know, but I'm, I'm assuming, well, I don't, she didn't mention that though. And I'm assuming that her only exposure to recovery is one is, is, or at least the most, uh, strong one is through her stepfather. You know, she doesn't mention anybody else or any other modalities or any other people. So I think that that furthers the duality, right? It's either AA or this, this other way or NA or this other way. And there's lots of, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's lots of other ways and stuff out there. Um, but I would urge the reader to find if she doesn't already, or he doesn't already have help with support and, and a tribe to find that, um, in whatever way you can. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like you had more to say or that I like interrupted you mid, mid thought. No, I think the main thing was just saying like, I just, it just like, that's kind of the part that I really like that just, I think I, I want to make really clear is that it's, it's not, you know, I, there is, there are levels, it is a spectrum and, and all of that. But I also, I, I think that, um, I don't think that there's, anyway, I know it's just getting off, it's getting totally off topic. I don't want to go into it. Um, anyway, no, I think like, I think for the sake of answering the letter, which is really somebody that's trying to find their own path, which is what we're all trying to do, which is what we're all mm-hmm. trying to do, regardless if we're doing AA, 12 steps, smart recovery, integral recovery, um, refuge recovery, uh, whatever it is that we're, whatever, you know, or, or our own path or our own way coming up with exactly what works for us, that like the truth is this, no matter what system anybody uses, every single person's path is, a, is, I, is, is not the same as the other. And that is because mm-hmm. no two of us are alike. And so even if we might work the same programs, we're always going to be working it on our own individual basis in the way that we need to. And that's, I mean, that's really it, you know, and a part of this, like the biggest part of this is, is, you know, finding the strength and and trusting and trusting that we're doing it the way that we need to do it for ourselves and that we're going to find the way that we need to find. Um, And then along the way, also really respecting other people's paths and the way that other people have done it. Um, You know, not trying to find not really trying to find the differences between us or, or, or create more separation in the space, but really trying to like see what it is, which is, you know, a bunch of people trying to do their best. Yeah. And trying to get, you know, get sober and then get, be at peace, you know? And yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, I, I just thought of Augustine Burroughs, um, wrote, 
Well, he wrote many books, but he wrote, you know, when he wrote Dry, which is his memoir of addiction and getting sober the first time he got sober, um, he writes about, he went to treatment and he went to Hazelden, I think. And then he went to, um, and then he was involved in AA for the first, I think he was sober for a couple of years. And then he went back out and um, after his, his best friend died. And then he talks about in his book, This Is How, which is awesome. Um, how he, when he went back, he, he started going to AA meetings and he did that until he kind of got stabilized because he was almost near death. And then he, he went to on his own path, you know, yeah. and he talks about that. I would encourage anyone, anyone who is, um, thinking about getting sober is sober, wants to have some perspective on this to read, um, the section in this is how about how to put down your drink because he has such a fresh view on, you know, AA is useful and helpful for so many reasons. And some of the things that you learn in there are profound. I think he says profound to a cosmic degree, you know, one day at a time. Um, he specifically mentions, Oh, what is the thing he mentions? He mentions, um, oh, what we focus on grows. Um, but he also says, like, I also, you know, I, I didn't at a, a certain point, I, uh, I just wanted to be sober and I stopped counting days and I, you know, it became more of a discovery than a decision. And I started to figure out what the fuck I wanted to do with my life other than drink. But he boils it down to, in 100% of the cases that people who got sober, the, the thing that they did is stop drinking or using, yeah. Yeah. you know? So yeah. just do, you know, that that's what it comes down to. If you're doing that, you're sober. You know, then the rest of it is just like how to proceed as a sober person in life and how to maintain emotional sobriety and, and achieve that spiritual, you know, sobriety and, and all of, all of those things that address the underlying causes and conditions, which is where the, you know, what, what it's really about. But, but at the very baseline, yeah, what he says, a hundred percent of the people who got sober stopped drinking. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we can boil it down to that. Um, that's good. So, that's good. so I think that's a good place to kind of cut this at. Um, yeah. Yeah. So to you, not where I want to be, but I'm getting there. I mean, I hope this helped. And I think the the main points are, you know, I mean, you're, you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you're having the lessons you're supposed to have. And this is all part of it. That's kind of the most beautiful thing about this, which is, it's just all part, like, it's all, it's, a, it's just like the lessons for getting sober and the way to stay sober are the lessons that you find along the way to getting sober. Right. And totally. it's, just, it's, it's all like this big, beautiful delicious ball of you know life like mm -hmm. so anyway all right so our next episode is going to be another letter episode because um huh. we have another one we want to address yeah <laughs> and doing time management across um continents has been proven to be difficult so um so yeah, we were going to do our steps episode this next coming one, but we've actually just decided to do another episode, another letter episode, uh, which I am excited about. I'm really excited about the topic that we're going to have in this one, which is mm, me too, mommy related. So yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, this was awesome. Even though we did it twice, I like our, I like where we ended up better. Oh, I like the second one better. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe my coffee just kicked in or something, but um, (laughs) this was, this is awesome. And I'm about to go outside and go hiking. Um, Yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. And I'm, um, yeah, I'm going to go and spend a nice last day in Rome and go to a couple churches and drink five more cappuccino. Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. right. Well, I love you and, um, Sweaty discord